We bought the freshest ingredients. We furnished the kitchen with the latest state-of-the-art appliances and the most well-designed countertops. We let Scott Ditson cook again. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Whose bright idea was that? Really? Like we're doing this again. Like we're gonna have we're gonna have Scott Dixon make it close, like Dash at the end of the Incredibles movie. Clearly, that's that was the plan. Welcome to episode four sixty seven of Motorsport One Hundred and One. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Dre Harrison, and we are talking about IndyCar at Gateway in this episode, the third to last round of the IndyCar Championship. We've got two more races between that and the end of the year. Uh, we've got Portland this uh, this upcoming weekend, and then we've got uh, uh, Monterey for the giving the sake of for the season finale for the for the last time as, as season finale uh, in a couple of weeks' time. But uh, no, we are not coronating Alex Pelot as IndyCar Series champion just yet. It's not over until Scott Dixon says it's over. Um, and uh, yeah. We're going to try and talk about a podcast where Scott Dixon won an oval race by 22 seconds. As you do. Um, we're, we're really bringing it back to the open chassis days, huh? We are, yeah. Uh, as Zoe in our chat quite rightly says, Scott Dixon remembered that he was Scott Dixon. It's a problem. It's a problem that we've all had to deal with at some point with our IndyCar careers, and this was another example of such. Uh, trying to break down the post-mortem of all of this first of all it's cam buckley how's it going man um actually back for an indie car show for once in my life feels like i haven't been on one of these in like a month don't worry you haven't missed much alex polo is still setting the bar so high scott dixon cooked you know big 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 stack of pancakes real maple syrup and yet alex polo didn't come to dinner because he merely had his second worst result of the year in seventh. Mm -hmm. So now Dixon basically needs to win out for the rest of the year to still have a chance at the title. Good luck with that. Uh, and of course, as you probably can tell by now, RJ O'Connor is also with us. Hello, RJ. I was actually talking with my editor, Keith, Keith Valentine of racefans.net, sending in my report of the race afterwards. And as we're going through the edits, he was like, hang on a minute. Um, you said that most of the other contenders made four stops. You said five stops instead of four stops. Is that, are you sure it wasn't four stops? I'm like, yeah, yeah, there's five stops for everybody else. And Scott Ditson made it this race on three stops and won it by 22 seconds. The man sweats fuel. Check his fire suit. <laughs> the man just the man's like when when he walks he like emits like tire rubber his dead skin cells turn into firestone rubber <laughs> i don't but, know how to follow that up that's that's the end of the show places you can find us <laughs> yeah 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 um, motorsport101.com uh, that's the website. Um, by the time this goes out, there'll be a DRR on this IndyCar race. Um, do check that out if you haven't already. If you want to follow us on X, fuck that name. If you want to follow Twitter. Us on Twitter. 
on 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 X Twitter. Um, it's, it's like Xtina only. It sounds a lot nicer. Um, yeah, you could if you, you want to beat our ass in the community notes. Yes, you can. Like F1 did earlier today because they can't count days, apparently. Um, <laughs> you can follow us at Dre underscore WTF1, at CBuckley917, and at RJ O'Connell. You got us on Instagram and Motorsport101 Pod as well. And if you really like us, you can back us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Motorsport101. $5 gets you early access to all of our episodes normally, but it's just $1 for the month of August, including this and the F1 episode that you're probably listening to right now if you back us on there as it is. So, yeah. This is the last episode that'll be under a dollar a month. Get on board. There's no better time to be a Patreon backer than right now. Uh, if you want Give back us to money, ten- we can do cool stuff with it. Exactly. And if, if back at the $10 level, you can listen to these episodes live as they're being recorded, as, as what Zoe and Jason are doing right now. So thanks. Adam. Shout out to them in the chat as ever. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Let's get into IndyCars 2023, 500 at Gateway. Do, do you think that Red Bull, excuse me, that Formula One went to the bodybuilding.com forums and asked, so if we work out our social media accounts uh, four times a week, is that working out every other day? Is it dangerous? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, title implications, sort of. Joseph Newgarden, the man looking for a, qu- a clean sweep of the oval races on the season and the sixth straight win on the discipline, Crashed while running a net third, ran up in the marbles, ran up into the outside wall while trying to trying to fight Pato Award. With it, his title fight is over. And it left the door open for Scott Dixon to once again fuel save his way from a four-stopper to a three-stopper, dominating Gateway to win by nearly an entire lap over Pato and David Malukas. Back on the podium, David Malukas. Back to back, he is a gateway. With Polo finishing the aforementioned seventh, it is now a two-man title fight and a 74-point swing between the chip cars with two rounds left. Is it still pullover? Because it feels like it's still pullover. I would like to congratulate Dre on correctly predicting the funny thing that some had figured would happen when IndyCar announced that the Indianapolis 500 would no longer be a double points race. At a time when one of his drivers could potentially win the Indianapolis 500 and maybe use those additional points to to bolster or at least keep their championship hopes alive, they don't get it. I tried to warn you, RJ O'Connell. I tried to warn you that I thought, why would Penske no longer make their flagship round double points? They thought they were going to stink at the 500 this year, and it turns out they won the fucking thing. And now it's come back to bite them because Joseph would look a lot healthier with an extra 50 points right about now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he but needed, at the same realistically time... Realistically, he needed an extra 100. I would say, like... Polo still finished fourth. He would have got a double points there, too. Oh, yeah. It really wouldn't have helped him that much. No, but it it is funny. It is very funny in this this economist's opinion. Um, It's... it's Look, it, it's it's Jova in Joseph's case, and I, like, I would I would feel bad for Joseph, but he won the Borg Warner, so who gives a shit, really? Yeah, um, like, like <laughs> the last missing piece of his trophy cabinet is is it's it's complete now, you know. 
He's he's not he's not sitting to Ashley and saying, nah, not tonight, darling. I've only, I've only got this replica of the Borg Warner next to me on the bedpost. I mean <laughs> I don't know. He didn't see the last two races he's been big mad post race. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, but, could you blame him? Like two no. straight crashes. This one was just like, okay, it bucketed down rain Saturday when we were supposed mm. to have qualifying and all that rubber just washed away. And the Highline practice didn't work. So the only way you were making moves is, one, if you were just getting the start on alternate tires, or two, if you were making moves in the pits. Uh, Joseph Newgarden washes out into the marbles once, and that's all it takes for his chances of sweeping all the ovals to end. And that's all it takes for him to be mathematically, because spiritually I thought he was eliminated from title contention about a month ago. Now it is mathematically over. And that means Scott Ditson is the only man that can catch Alex below in the standings. And Chip he's Ganassi still needs- are, <laughs> Chip Ganassi are guaranteed a one-two finish in the championship. <sighs> Christ. Um, it's just a matter of what order. And, we all, and there's a good chance 10 comes before nine for the first time ever. Yeah, um, it, Scott needs to, he needs oh. to score a lot of points. And these next two tracks, um, Plo's a bit good at them. Well, yeah. he says, uh, Dario era. Yeah, okay, you get my point. Um, oh, two years ago. Zoe, shut it up. was a decade shut ago. Up. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Anyway. <laughs> it was anyway. quite literally a decade ago. No, look, it's uh, years ago when Alice Polo won his title in the 10 car. Oh, I'm referring to Zoe with Dario era. Uh, however, what I will say is that, like, for Joseph... It must be a little bit infuriating knowing this is the fourth year in a row you've come so close to winning the title and it's not quite worked out. Yeah, and this I time mean, it was just a matter of like just the, Road Street Court, the Road and Street Court's performance was not good enough. If you've only watched IndyCar this season, you might think that Joseph Newgarden probably came out of the NASCAR circuit with like marginal Road and Street Course experience. May not remind everybody that last year he won a $1 million bonus specifically for winning on all three disciplines of track that IndyCar visits. Yeah. Well, every, this year, every, one, of the last, every one of the last four years, it's been one critical thing missing, whether it's a certain subtype of track, the Indy 500 reeking for Penske the last three mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. or more often than not, reliability. And that's stopped up a little bit this year as well, where... Um, he's had, he's been on race winning positions and it's just hasn't gone his way or something's broken. I can't say I feel especially bad for him this time, given the shit he pulled with Pato award. That was not safe. Cause, uh, one of these days, one of those hip checks up into the marbles is going to cost him. And I would not be trying that on the guy who made it his life mission to crash into half the field this year. Yeah, that, that is the one person I would not be gambling in a hip check with, and that's Pato Award, the man who has sent it on three separate occasions this season and pretty much wrecked any hope of a title campaign this yeah. year. Pa- Pato Award finished second. He is single-handedly trying his best to keep McLaren from going winless. Well, it's, long- it's, it's good of him to do that after he ensured that their season would be a disaster. Fun fact, it's the fourth time Pato Award has finished second in a race this season. Four of them. Seven podiums total. Four of them second place finishes. The problem is most of the races that aren't podiums are DNFs. 
yeah, it's 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 been a swings and roundabouts here for Pato. But and look, I don't think it's a coincidence that the the look. I've said it before. I I, I think I'm fair in saying Joseph Newgarden and Pato Award are the two best overall drivers in this series. Um, they are constantly up the front. Certainly short ovals. There is no question. Yeah, without without a doubt, and. Joseph was going for a season oval sweep, which is absolutely bonkers to it's even heard of. Um, like, like we we were in a very. I think I think only two people have ever won six oval races in a row in IndyCar. Period. One of them um, is one of them is new Penske Technical Alliance customer AJ Foyt the second. <laughs> yeah, and uh, if if you if you tie a Foyt record, chances are you're pretty good. Yeah, um, as long as it's not the team. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, unfortunate for Joseph. Um, it's a shame. Um, I, I do admire his ability on short ovals. He's a joy to watch on them when he's not hip checking people. Um, but yeah, he's, he's he's incredible around that discipline. But again, one more time for Scott Dixon. Jesus Christ, Scott Dixon he has a way started, of doing this. He started sixteenth after going over his pool of four engines. He qualified fine, but not really that great. So he gets a motor from 17th, 7th to 16th on the grid and then decides, you know what? This won't be a factor. I will simply extend. I will, hop. I will drive with no fuel. It will be will, no factor. I will squeeze every ounce of Shell renewable fuel out of the car that's fuel tank that I can. Yeah. I will extend the life of my Firestone tires for as long as I possibly can, and I will clown on each and every one of these fleets. Did, yeah. did my dude have an army of microscopic benders recalibrating the molecules in his fuel tank into more fuel? Must have done, because, uh, like, he came in, I think it was about an up 130 when the second caution came out. Yeah, for I thought Takuma at that point he was cooked. Uh, yeah, for Takuma mm. Sato hitting the wall a second time and wrecking his car. Um, Taku, bud, you know, I love you. I appreciate you, but I think Takuma Sato might be over. It might be Sato over. Oh, extra struggleicious this Sunday. I think he, yeah, this was not a good race for him. I think he may be back at least in the 500 next year. Sure. Scott Dipson, was dead to rights when that caution came out because he was one of the one of the few people that hadn't come into pit, and then he comes in as expected, and so does everybody else that's on the lead lap to top off. Right, one hundred and thirty. It's a two hundred and sixty lap race, so he's a, he's at precisely halfway. No one had even attempted a sixty-five laps, which is what you would roughly need sixty-five laps to be able to stretch a stint long enough to go once more for the rest of the race. We Everybody thought it was going to be a four-stop race, without question. Turns out, Dixon went 70 laps on his third stint. He questioned. <laughs> yeah, went 70 laps on his second stint, and that was that was enough to bring him home for a, a nice, easy 64-lap uh, final stint to bring him home. Dixon is outrageous. Like, I love that they interviewed Pato Award straight after the race when he finished in second. And Pato was like, Scott Dixon did Scott Dixon things. He just said, because he, he said he had a radio from his from his uh, crew chief saying that, oh, yeah, and there's nine guys trying to make it to the end on just one more stop. And Pato knew right there and then he was fighting for second. Will Power was trying to squeeze mm. as much as he could out of it, and even he couldn't make it work. 
He had to pit with like 11 laps left. Yeah, yeah. no one else came close. I think Carl Kirkwood, I think, was the last man that even got anywhere near him uh, on that one. And even he bailed, I think, with like nine or 10 laps to go. Um, so, yeah, like, they tried. Dixon was the only man in the same postcode that could make this work. And Only three drivers finished on the lead lap in this race. The podium runners of him, Pado, who was 22 seconds further back, and right behind him, David Malukas. And we'll talk a little bit more about him at the end of the show. But um, my God, Dixon, absolutely incredible. We've let him cook two weekends in a row. He is still that dude. Career win number 55 for Scott Dixon in his IndyCar career. Um, get the full stack of pancakes and throw in the maple syrup and the chocolate chips. My man is cooking um, right now. It's a shame it's, it's, it's not going to count for much more than the runner-up spot, but we know what Dixon's like. He's certainly he's going to make it interesting down the stretch. If you can even bring it to within a round, that would be an impressive task for, for, for Dixon late on. More or less like looking at the gap. He needs 37 points. Game. Over below, yeah, both races. That's that is Alex Pillow can just finish on the podium no matter what, and he's won the championship. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's you remember like the maximum point swing you can get in an IndyCar race is forty-eight, and that then that is Pillow finishing dead last and getting the minimum five points just for showing up, and Dixon getting every bonus point while winning. Like so, realistically. I'd say even a top 12 finish from Polo in Portland will likely be enough. Um, it's 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 academic, especially given that Polo's Rome Street course pace all year has been astonishing. His average finish there has been three, exactly three all year. This was his second worst finish of the season. He finished seventh. seventh and he was nowhere all day. And he just, he just picked dudes off where he could and was able to go 50 plus laps on his final stint, hoping the rest of the race would run green. It did. And he was able to pick a few more dudes off who couldn't make it to the end. Um, trying Dixon's free stopper. Yeah. And well, what do we say? You win your titles on your bad days. His worst day this year was eighth. His second worst round. day was seventh. His third worst day was a broken front wing and he finished second. Prepare the cup. He is likely winning it this weekend in Portland. Filling it with fried chicken. Which I think I'm right in saying, RJ, first time that someone's going to win the title early since reunification. That's right. Since mm -hmm. IndyCar reunified in 2008, no one has won it with a round in hand. The last person to do it was Sebastian Bourdais in the 2007 Champ Car World Series. And the last time that anybody did it in this series that exists now... Dan Weldon in 2005. Yeah, he, he, he could drive a bit. Both of us could drive a bit. Alice oh, yeah. Pillow can drive a bit. Oh, in, the midst of, in the midst of all that we talked about a couple weeks ago, Alice Pillow is going to win this by a canter. Yeah. yeah by Chip a Ganassi well. comes out of it. Chip Ganassi is guaranteed the title. Yeah, he, he has won the Aston Cup. That is now official. It's just going to be a matter of which car would it be with. Um, and you know I what's think funny? it's just a matter of how much Alex Pillow wins it by in the end. Exactly. Um, will he win it around early, which is quite likely. Um, he, would have to, he, would, he would have to lose 28 points to Dixon in Portland. And, and unless Pillow gets taken out somewhere, that's not happening. So, uh, yeah, prepare the cup. 
uh, is what I would say for Portland this weekend. It's likely going to be a Polo coronation. Prepare um, the broiler. Oh yeah, yeah. We, we we're cooking some fried chicken up in here. Um, prepare prepare the uh, the magnums on ice for Ditson for these back to back Ws and the Trojans. Um, and the stag know, beer. <clears throat> stag <clears throat> beer and Trojans. What's up, Marshall? But you know something that Chip Ganassi did lose this weekend. He lost Marcus Erickson. Hmm. Yeah. Bit of a surprise, this one. Yeah, it was first. it was officially confirmed this past week as Marcus Erickson was confirmed to be moving to Andretti from Chip Ganassi for 2024. While we don't know yet what seat specifically Marcus will be taking, it will inevitably set off more talk about silly season. What do we make of the move for Marcus and what do you think will come next? Now, like I said, Marcus is out of the eight car. We don't know if it's going to be the 28 or the 29 and Andretti yet. We'll have to wait and see. Um, they were still wait, waiting to see what Andretti does if it's fourth seat, one way or the other. Yeah. But uh, I'm first and foremost, I am delighted that Marcus Erickson is getting his bag. He's earned it. He has deserved one. And I, I I did think it was funny that Chip was insisting that Marcus still pay for a seat. I think that was asking for trouble. Yeah. Marcus is more than good enough to warrant having his seat on merit. And if anything, he was a vanity option in that team, given that he is a number three in that setup and he'd be good enough to lead a team elsewhere. That's my opinion. Yeah. I mean, to your point, how good is Marcus Erickson on his best days? Good enough to win the Indianapolis 500. Should good have enough, to. Good enough to change the perception of him completely. Like, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Marcus Erickson in Formula One was the wrong driver in the wrong place at the wrong time for pretty much all of it. But that's not IndyCar's Marcus Erickson. And while he does bring money with him, I think at a certain point you realize, you know, I would like to be getting paid more than I'm paying a team for my services. And he's realistically the best floor guy in the sport right now. If you need a top 10, he'll get you that top 10. If you need a win, he'll still probably get you that top 10. But damn it, it'll be in the top 10. And if he does um, get you a win, it will usually be eventful. Either airborne or sipping the milk. Or coming just short this year. I mean, he's one somewhat dodgy restart call away from being a two-time Indy 500 champion. You remember he won the race in St. Pete when Pat when Pat O'Ward had that plenum fire. Yeah, he was right there. You got you got to be in it to win it at the end of the day, you know. And I know we we joke that he only wins when there's a red flag, and you know I I, I don't like the sneaky Swede nickname. I've never really warmed to it. One because Lee Diffie's nicknames are generally terrible, and second of all, I've none always... of us can be perfect. No, no, and I love Lee Diffie, but the nicknames are cringe. Please stop. Um, but but I was going to say on top of that, it was selling Marcus Shaw about how good a driver he can be. He's a top mm-hmm. six driver in this series. And he has been in that top six for the last two years. Likely will be for three by the time this season's said and done. Oh, he yeah. is an elite level driver in this series. If you're in the top six three years running, you are very, very good to be in this series. Oh, you are yeah. worthy of being able to potentially lead a team. Well, and I think he is the, exactly the right thing that Andretti Autosport needs right they now. They need a floor. 
They have no floor. Their floor, unfortunately, falls into the mantle of the earth with the magma. Um, they need cons- they need a consistent guy who can rack up points, and that's what Marcus Erickson does better than almost anyone in the field. Like, because Colton Herter, again, we've all seen it. His upside is as high and as bright as anyone in this sport. They 100%. have three. Ex- they have three of the best upside guys in the series. Oh, yeah, him, Kirkwood, and Grosjean. Conversely, Kirkwood is still raw because he's still relatively new. Grosjean fell off a cliff after Barber. What the hell has happened with him? Honestly. And Colton Herta, if it keeps happening, is it a trend? Because it feels like Colton Herta every weekend should be fighting for a win, and every weekend he's 6th to 12th. I keep thinking again and again that, like, as soon as Formula One rumors got into his head, like, he hasn't been the same driver. But he was the same before. And he was the same last year. But at least he was winning. He hasn't won won since last year. 27 straight starts of Halloween for Colton Herta now. Yeah, but it's like the, the, the low points of Colton are now more often. I'll stick the car on pole for you, no problem. What Your happens on race is, day is, is, is elite. Is another matter, and it feels like it's too much of a consistent thing to just go. Oh well, they called a bad strategy, or they just got the race wrong. Because it's all three had a primary Andretti's. Let's not even talk about the guy in number twenty nine. Yeah, this is He's also not very worth fa- having in that seat. Mm. It's it's very fascinating what Andretti does from here because. I, I think we're kind of split on whether or not Andretti Autosport can handle four competitive full-time cars. And, and remember, one of these cars is co-owned by the son of the former owner of the New York Yankees, George Steinbrenner IV. Get your jokes in about the form of the 2023 Yankees here aside. <laughs> uh, uh, we, we don't need to make the jokes. They are the joke. Yeah. Um, duh. Yankees, Yankees lose. lose. Who knew that they would be so dependent upon Aaron Judge? Um, Everyone. And then then there's also, like, the factor of, like, what happens with DHL because there are rumblings that apparently they're going to go somewhere else. By by all accounts, they're gone. Yeah. Um, The the, the rumors are strong. They're going to to Ganassi. And and first of all, as if Ganassi needs more, more. A DHL Ganassi car? Good God. That's going to look sweet. Um, but, but I mean, you look back and it's like, it's not that Andretti are bad. No. It's that they're nowhere near as good as they should be. You forget they've got two wins this year. They've got two, yeah. but both with Kirkwood and Kirkwood has otherwise been anywhere from a little bit sloppy as a fresh driver to unlucky in the case of, um, having a piece of his car spear a Chevy Cruze in a parking lot. Yeah, you, you, know, you know what's amazing as well? That Long Beach win was a one-two-four for Andretti that day. The speed has not been the problem. It's been the execution yes. across a race distance, and that is yeah. what Marcus Erickson is about as good as anybody in this field at. He'll be in the top 10 week in, week out if his race runs clean. They need that. But this is also now taking Marcus out of Ganassi equipment, which I don't think we can question is the best equipment in the field right now. 100%. Um, they've been just monstrous. Really, since the arrow screen came in, they've been unbelievable. Mm. Um, and putting him in Andretti equipment, which, again, has the speed, but maybe not the flexibility. 
Yeah. So we need problem to see with how Andretti Autosport. Too. The problem with Andretti Autosport is not that they're bad. The problem is they're good when the expectations are you are part of the big, the traditional big three to be measured against Penske. You have all the ingredients. You have all the ingredients to be great, and they're not right now. As I, as I joked about them in my mid-season review, they have the recipe for a fantastic carbonara and then decided to add cream at the last minute. Um, you don't add cream to a carbonara, you American pigs. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like I think it's a I, I think it's a good move for all parties. Marcus gets his bag, Andretti gets the floor guy that it badly needs, and it needs something to steady the ship. Something that we've talked about Andretti lacking for the last two or three years. What I want to talk about are some of the other consequences that come alongside of it, because we've seen how some of the city seasons piecing together. It's looking like Marcus Armstrong will be in the 11 full time next year, which is going to be very interesting to see how terrifying. he gets some of it. Like, because his road and street track face, Marcus Armstrong has got something. Um, I think he could be one to watch for next year, certainly. Big Lungard vibes from him at the moment. I mean that in a good way. There's also heavy talk. They're going to have Linus Lundqvist in the eight. Oh, my goodness. And that oh, man you fucked been, around. That... You fucked around and let him cook again. <laughs> what have you done, IndyCar? You gave, you gave like, a, a very, very good Indy Next prospect, a guy that ran the field over when he won that series last year. And you've the put best him equipment in, in the field. And you've given him the best equipment in the field for his first full-time season. Dude, that's crazy. We were just worried, like, is he going to make it at all? And now, now he could potentially yeah, end up with the, the best seat in the field. Uh, yeah, sometimes you just gotta be patient. It's like with Kirkwood last year. You know, you wait out one awful year for it, and eventually, good things start to happen in Andretti. Also, yeah. can I say, like, sometimes I've been down on Romain Grosjean lately. But if you're an IndyCar team and you're evaluating options and he's not on your list of potential options because you want to go with somebody else, you are not serious. It's very, it's, it's very weird to me that of all like the rumors that have done the rounds about who could end up where, I've not seen Grosjean's name associated with a bunch of other teams that could really do with someone of his level of upside. Uh, the the rumors we've seen over the last day or so is that he's done. He's going to end up with no ride. Which is crazy to me. Like, don't get me wrong. Grosjean's not been great this season. I mean, especially post-Barber, he's been awful. But there is more than enough. He's shown more than enough in the last three years in IndyCar for me to think that someone should take him on. I'm sorry. I don't, like, this is no disrespect to anybody in Indy Next. He is a better prospect than anyone in Indy Next right now. I don't know why people are saying that Daniel Frost is a better prospect for an IndyCar seat yeah, right I now. He just isn't. I love me some Daniel Frost. I love me some drivers from countries that don't usually get much reputation in motorsport making it up, but I, I have not seen enough out of Daniel Frost to think that he is going to be a leader in a team that could also potentially include Stingray Rob, who if he was not named Stingray Rob would be just completely forgettable. Devlin D. Francesco still getting puff pieces written about him right now. You do realize this, right? Yeah, (sighs) Devlin D. Francesco, who has been objectively awful his entire time in this sport. Arguably the worst driver in the field, pound for pound, given the equipment he's in. Given the incidents he's caused? Given the crimes he's brought to Ryan Eric King's door? If nothing else, we'll always have that Gallagher Grand Prix start. 
yeah, where he went from P1 to P20 on raw pace over the course of the first stint. Again, sure. we'll always have that Gallagher Grand Prix start. Ooh. Um, I'm going to have to talk about it now. Go on. So we did receive an update today from Simon Pagino that mm. he is still suffering severe post-concussion symptoms and will not race for the remainder of this year. And as of right now, is out of contract with Meyer Shank. He's technically, by all intents and purposes, right now a free agent. Uh, it, it's it's you, kind of what I was fearing. I was fearing, like Kurt Busch, there was something lingering post-concussion because that's the, the vibe I got with Kurt. And you may have seen the news um, in the world of racing that Kurt Busch officially announced his retirement this past weekend. Um, and he was like dealing with like health issues, like even before the qualifying wreck that eventually ended his career, like he was dealing with arthritis, he was dealing with gout. He was, jeez, he was getting beat up a lot. Yeah, he was a 45-year-old man. Yeah. Um... It's, it's, does, it's, it's, does this it's, feel like it's the end? I I really hope does. not. But I, again, I it's it's the thing with concussions. You never want to rush this. I'm thinking like he's got a full off season now. In a best in a best case scenario, maybe he takes a year out, comes back in 2025, see what he's got left. Man, it's just tough. It's it's a it, and they get me wrong. I I, I I don't want to. Be, I, I don't enjoy any of talking about this because Simon Pagano is an incredible racing driver, one of the finest of the last twenty years in multiple disciplines. He's a remarkable driver, a great guy, a great interview, um, a, a, a sort of a magnetic personality which IndyCar has thrived off of for the last 10, 15 years. Oh yeah, and. and it remind, again, I don't want to keep bringing up the Kurt Busch comparisons, but forgive me for making one more here because Kurt spoke about it with The Athletic this past weekend. They did a long-form interview with them, and he said ultimately it was his balance. He never got his balance back after that incident, and that's why he was never medically cleared to compete again because it was a lingering effect of the post-concussion syndrome that he'd had was that he basically could not get the balance back that he like he'd lost like the neurological sense to be able to to balance properly and that's why he was never medically cleared to compete again um and hence why he's this past weekend he's had to call it a career because he knows there's no coming back from that now and because he's been out trying for over a year and yeah. it just hasn't come back um and Again, every few as Simon said in his statement today, every few minutes different. We just have to wait and see more than anything else. And again, we all wish him the very best. We would love to see Simon Pagano in a car again. No, no question, no question, no questions asked. I, I, we sincerely wish him all the very best. I, I really hope it's not the end because um, no one deserves to have their career go out like that. Um, it's a horrible. I remember Dario Franchitti ten years ago. Like he took a bad hit and that eventually ended his career. Mm. Yeah. Well, the doctors more or less said, if you take another hit like this, you won't be you anymore. Yeah. And that's the um, sort of thing. I mean, that's what Jorge Lorenzo that, was called when he, and, that, and that's the other thing that we don't want. We don't want Simon to come back before he's 100% ready and this get worse. Yeah. And the only person who can decide that is him. Yeah. Exactly. And that will, that could potentially leave the other seat 
open and there's talk about maybe Felix Rosenquest in that Maya Shankar. Um, there's talk that, and you know, and I almost dread to mention his name because Yuri Vips has been mentioned around that seat potentially as well. He got announced today that he'll table be filling that, in. Table that for discussion for next week. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that as well because uh, he will be making his debut for RLL this weekend uh, at Portland. Funny Yay. How, uh, funny how RLL uh, shot off their replies on that uh, post, I guess. I, call it. I, I need to table that for next weekend. Um, oh, yeah, 100%. David yeah. Malukas. David Malukas is another hot free agent, and uh, he had a very eventful gateway race. He bumped into Scott McLaughlin. He got into some beef with him after the race on the platform formerly known as Twitter. And he's one of the big names of free agency, and he's coming off of back-to-back gateway podiums. And, like, in terms of free agency, though, like, it's not just, like, pithy little teams that he's been mentioning. Because remember, he announced weeks ago that he was leaving Coin. He's linked to Ganassi and McLaren. That like relationship it, is LeBrover. Yeah, like it's you know it's wild when Dale Coyne is on social media and it's like they've barely acknowledged the fact that David Malukas has just put that car on the fucking podium. It's like, oh, we got a podium with David Malukas. This is a picture of him on the podium. Oh, and uh, Stingray Rob was like twenty first or whatever. Um, like <laughs> that 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 really is fanfare. Yeah, it's it's super over with him and Dale Coyne. Like it's obvious they're just they're just riding the time yeah. until hey, i know that andretti autosport said that they don't need drivers to bring money but like it you could do a lot if if you want to keep four cars around this guy is a definite upgrade over who's in the 29 car now i say malukas like the second half of this year has just been getting a little better and a little better and like you can feel that first win coming it, it it will happen eventually in the right equipment. It, it's not it's not with Dale Coin. They've been good no. one round here all year for the last two years. They're very good here. They've not been very good anywhere else. Like all I would say is is that I think Malukas is still a little raw. I think he's still a little bit green by by top tier IndyCar standards. I would also say he's got a ton of upside. He's very fast in terms of raw pace. Top six level, I would say, comfortably um, in the right circumstances. And on top of that, social media darling. Like, he, he like he's, he's a good... He's such a shit poster. He is, he, is the, he is the definition of a shit poster, and I kind of like sh- him for that. He's a shit poster with, like, one of the funniest Spotify playlists that he's curated. We, we we joked about this on our Discord server um, after last week's recordings, where it was like, "Oh, his his this he, like his playlist on Spotify varied from multiple Frank Sinatra tracks all the way to the Coconut Mall theme from Mario Kart Wii." He just <laughs> like me for real. Next, one, one thing you know, you're singing my way, and next thing you know, he's got Metallica coming up next. It's just like once oh, again, he just like me, uh, and a remix of Rasputin just to just to put the cherry on top of this weird shit Sunday. Oh my <laughs> god! Uh, it, and it, it feels like he's the perfect driver for a team like Andretti or McLaren to mm, mold yeah. into his best self. McLaren sniffing. There's, there's talk. As he that should. Well, what is McLaren not sniffing? 
Yeah, oh, yeah. God. Not, Zach Brown, you know that's already he's already gotten a napkin contract. Oh, 100%. Like, he's on a napkin, ready to slide across the table, ready to go. Um, I was going to say, like, McLaren are one of the best oval teams in the field. David Malukas is an excellent oval runner. It makes sense. Bring him in if you can round off the rest of his game as an if you if you're fed up of, of, of Felix Rosen quest, who I think is very much a known quantity now in IndyCar. Mm-hmm. He's good, but he I don't think he's gonna be a top tier dude in this series, yeah. which is kind of unfortunate. It's, a shame it's not it's not panned out like that. Yeah, like like Pato Award is rough, but he's still excellent. Alex Rossi, I think, very quietly has put together a pretty solid season in, in his time at McLaren this year. Maybe not the again having an ultimate result. It's actually, actually going to argue the opposite, where I'd say like, is Rossi a known quantity too now? I, now that he's I, I'm out not, of the I'm Andretti, I'm not sure the this. I'm not sure his very best is there anymore, but I think he's still a good floor guy. Very Marcus esque, where if he if, if it all goes to plan, he's, he's top ten. I'm that's not the sure. Thing. Like Alex Rossi was never supposed to be the floor guy four or five years ago. No, he wasn't to be the dude. That's, that's the not why he left. Him. That's not why he left Andretti. He did not leave Andretti to be someone's floor guy. I but say, you walked my, my away bigger... to go to a. You walked away to go to Pato Awards team. What do you think was going to happen here? Yeah, I say <laughs> my bigger question is how long he lasts at McLaren. Not so much. Uh, not not so much uh, on McLaren's side, but on him. Because mm. I feel like Rossi's eventually going to want to end up another place where he is the guy. And if you're in Pato Awards team, he's probably the guy, messy season aside. And this was this was a, this was a team that was going to bring in Alex Polo until three weeks ago. <laughs> they thought they were going to. No, they yeah. weren't. Psych, you thought. Um, I mean, I think Malukas would be a fantastic fit at McLaren. And you know, he would also fit their brand and, and as an IndyCar driver like a glove if you were going to replace Felix Rosenquist because we all know that the Pado felix bromance is very much a real thing. Malukas would be a darling to have in that team. Um, and he's an excellent oval guy. McLaren are one of the best oval teams out there. They're, they've been contenders for, for the last two years for the 500 easily mm-hmm. and he's been dragging pretty good pretty good to upper mid results out of a dale coin team which is mm. not what they were you know six or seven years ago they've been pretty friggin mid and you can poke fun at the bus bros which i, which I always very much enjoy that's that's almost certainly a plus as well i, I i'd certainly be here for that because uh like i'm, I'm saying this is a friendly message to scott mclaughlin don't dish it out if you can't take it, big man. Is what I would say. Say that to both of the bus bros. Because they are very good at dishing out pot shots and taking cracks at people. The moment Malukas cracks back, it's like, oh, we have beef now, motherfucker. Like it's Arby's or something. <laughs> uh, which which I think is hilarious. Like, like, McLaughlin, you don't have to have a chip on your shoulder anymore. You're one of the best drivers in IndyCar. You got a Petsky seat on debut. Like, no one looks at you like an underdog anymore, big man. It's okay. Like, let Malukas cook a little bit. It's fine. He's harmless. He's like a puppy. When willpower inevitably steps away, Penske has the opportunity to do the funniest thing imaginable. Oh, God. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> 
I, I did see something that was quite scary, though, in Marshall Pruitt's other city season update a couple of weeks ago, where he said that if power hangs up, they're going to look at Carl Kirkwood as a replacement, and my eyeballs oh, immediately boy. rolled into my skull. I was like, oh, no, okay. no, no, you don't. And I was like, Carl Kirkwood in a Penske? Cancel Christmas. It's over. <laughs> it's over for everybody. It's only, it's only just begun. My dude, uh, it's, it's crazy to think that... Yeah. Joseph Newgarden could be the old man at the team sometime soon. I don't know how I feel about that. Joseph Newgarden is still in his time. He's, he's still in his early 30s. <laughs> I'm still in my early 30s. <laughs> Me too. I just entered. <laughs> God help us. All right. I hit my mid-20s and have merely moved on to uh, one catastrophic injury per year. Fuck off, Buckley. <laughs> I mean, and the nicest I got way possibly. <laughs> I got chopped in half six months ago. And we all felt sorry for you for it. And that time Barely. is over. <laughs> like, let's put it this way, Cam. If, if you found out that I was getting my crotch ripped into, would you not take the piss out of me? No, I wouldn't, because I know how that feels. I don't believe you. You need more people. We have destroyed each other on here's, several occasions. Here's your. Here's the extra people. <laughs> they don't exist. It's thin air. <laughs> just one, like of, one of them can be Jordan Taylor, given he also just had that surgery. Oh, oh God, poor man. Excuse uh, me. That's future Honda factory superstar Jordan Taylor. You're damn right. Is uh well, in another series, uh, Meyer Shank is probably done. Can't Good imagine God. why. No, I can't imagine why at all. Good luck to them on that one. Uh, at least they have more time to focus on their IndyCar seats. They need it. They need it. IndyCar is back this weekend at Portland. Alex Polo likely to leave Portland as two-time Astor Cup winner. Can Scott Dixon take it to the final round at Laguna Seca? Probably not, but hey, we've seen stranger things happen with Scott Dixon. Very strange. Dare I say it? I say Polo drives the point home with a win. Very strong chance. He has, he's won at Portland before, hasn't he? Yeah, he's won at Portland before. That was like the win that gave him the title the first year in 2021. But then oh, again, yes. Scott Dixon was caught up in a first lap crash at Portland, drove through dust, and Marco Andretti's flip car, and went on to win the race. As you do. Is this, is this unstoppable force meets a movable object? <laughs> Hydrogen bomb versus hydrogen bomb. Someone has to uh, my lose. My bet is on the coughing baby. <laughs> I, need, I, need, I, need to, I need to beat you, Scott Dixon. I need it more than anything you could imagine. <laughs> <laughs> IndyCar in Portland this weekend. We'll be there for that. Uh, again, we're going to do three episodes next week because we're going to have that. We're going to have F1 at Monza. And we're going to catch up a little bit on MotoGP as well. Um we tried to get something out of Austria. There really wasn't much to talk about besides Johan Zarco moving to Honda. And we'll move. We'll talk a little bit about that in next week's episode. In the words of Alex Marquez, good luck. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk on, on that on top of that. I think it's the Catalunya Grand Prix this week, isn't it? Isn't it, Cam? Yeah, yes, Catalunya indeed. Yes, yep. Barcelona. That should be a f that's a proper track right there. If, if, if their tires can last. Again, as Alex Marquez said, Good luck to them. We'll talk about that on next week's show. Until then, I've been Dre Harrison. They've been RJ O'Connell and Cam Buckley. Until next time, sayonara. Later, y'all.
remember this for next time. They wanted to, so they did. <laughs>